and welcome back to the Mastering Communication podcast, where every episode I sit down with another interesting guest from the field of communication to share their knowledge and expertise. I'm your host, Dominique van Alte, and today I'm here with Nerea Quintana Alvarez. Nerea works as an international account manager at 1DC and has previously worked as a B2B account manager at EDC Retail for the Spanish market. Additionally, she has a background in international communication and public relations. Thank you for joining me today, Nerea. Uh, to start off, I'd like to give you a small challenge. Uh, can you introduce yourself in one sentence? Thank you, Dominique, for having me here. This is a, yeah, quite a complicated challenge, but I'll try. I'm Nerea from the Basque Country, Bilbao, especially. I've been living in the Netherlands 26 Oh, 26, what am I saying? I've been living in the Netherlands for four years. <laughs> I'm 26, that's what I wanted to say. Uh, and I love traveling. Uh, I would love to travel, not all the world because that's impossible, but many, many countries before I die. <laughs> so that's my goal in life. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Just um, think all this was a sentence, okay? <laughs> yes, it's just one very long sentence. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> Um, so you actually did the master in international communication as well. Um, yeah. Did you move to the Netherlands for the master specifically? Yeah, I did. Uh, before doing the MIC, I was uh, living in Mexico mm -hmm. and uh, I only studied my bachelor before. So I felt like I needed to, yeah, you know, get some expertise in something specialized a bit more, do something with a more international approach. And I already uh, had a previous experience in the Netherlands with the Erasmus program, but in the south in Tilburg. So mm -hmm. when I decided to study a master's, I thought I wanna I wanna do it in the Netherlands. So I started researching, and how, that's how I ended up in Groningen. Okay, <laughs> nice. So how did you actually end up in the field of communication, if I may ask? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I love talking. <laughs> no, I love, um, yeah, the, all the social part of the communications, like, uh, yeah, meeting new people, meeting new things. I'm a very curious person. Mm -hmm. And I think the field of communications uh, allows you to really be curious and really take that to the edge. So when I had to decide uh, what I was going to, to do with my life, what I was going to study, I thought... Yeah, why why not giving a try to this? It's something you don't study in high school, so mm. you don't really know what you are going to find if you are going to like it or not. But I thought, yeah, as a social person, I think this can be something for me. And yeah, so far it's working. <laughs> nice, yeah. Because currently you work as an account manager. How do you um, see the link between the field of communication and more of the um, yeah interpersonal communication or the the relationships that you? Hmm. manage as an account manager? Yeah, well, that's a very good question, actually. And it's indeed very, very related because in my in my daily job, I deal with uh, a lot of different people, not only customers, but also partners, a lot of stakeholders um, related to, to my work. So, of course, you really need to have a lot of communication skills, uh, know how to communicate with each one. Um, this also involves people from, from different cultures, so also like the intercultural skills are very important and that's something I really learned in the in the MIC. I didn't have uh, this kind of studies before so that's uh, very important. Um, so I think to be an account manager as I do and to and to do sales that is the, what I do in my company. Mm -hmm. um, yeah you really need to be a very communicative person and very open-minded um, to listen to yeah. others and also to to understand their needs. 
Yeah. So in what way do you feel um, your your study background in communication has helped you or brought you to get to this part of your career? Um, I think it has helped me because, well, first of all, I work in an international company and that's what I wanted. Um, yeah, work in an international environment, uh, also with uh, with uh, customers from a lot of different countries. And of course, yeah, working with customers of my home country, Spain, is, is great. It's, uh, it's very good. But uh, yeah, that's how how the communication really brought me there because I, as uh, I told you before, you really have to be very communicative, really have to make the effort to keep the relationships going. And if you are not, uh, uh, if you don't have those skills, there is it's very difficult yeah. <laughs> to do it. Yeah, because I think most people, when they think about account management or communication, they don't necessarily connect those immediately. So I'm kind of curious for you. Yeah. Um, where that connection is, but also what kind of challenges you run into because you come mm -hmm. from a communication background and have since uh, moved to the account management corner. Yeah, also I think um, uh, in my case, it's very related to culture because, um, for example, I have a colleague who who does the same job as me, but in the Nordic countries. Mm. And maybe for that specific uh, region, you don't need to be that communicative. You can just uh, yeah offer good deals and just uh, make some good business and that's it. Mm. But in the region I, I work in, Southern Europe, you really need to be very communicative. You really have to convince the people for many reasons. First of all, because uh, we have less money. So... Mm. Uh, people really study well where they put their money. <laughs> It's yeah. just, that's a, yeah the the main reason, but also because they like to buy from you as a person, not as a company. Yeah. People in in Southern Europe they don't say, "Oh, I buy from one this he." No, they say, "I buy from Nerea." Yeah. So to do that, you really need to build a relationship. But uh, in the case of of my colleague uh, from that works with Nordic companies, they just pay the bills to one DC and whatever. And they don't, they barely know my colleague. And yeah. for me, they know all my life. I know all their lives. I, I'm, I met their kids when I've been there. Like it's a whole different wow. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole different thing. It's very different from the Dutch culture in that sense as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually why my company hired me because they tried to get into the Spanish, Italian, Portuguese markets and they couldn't because you cannot just yeah. sit on a table with uh, yeah with some good deals and be like, I want to offer you this, I want to offer you that. You accept it, right? Because it's a good offer. No, you cannot just do that. You yeah. really have to work before, like work on the relationship, really get to get to understand their business, get to get get to see if they really need what you are offering, because if not, they are not going to buy it. Yeah. Just really be on their mind um, and show them that you are really understanding them. And then we can really talk about uh, if we can help them to to fill in their needs. But yeah. Not the other way around. <laughs> yeah, so the, the international and the intercultural aspect is mostly... It's very important. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, 1DC is actually a company that creates and sells uh, sexual wellness products. Yes. Uh, which is kind of an interesting industry. So I was curious what it's like to actually work in this industry for you. Well, it's very good, I have to say. <laughs> no, it's uh, I like to work in the sexual wellness industry for a lot of reasons, but of course, I think uh, breaking taboos and normalizing sexual wellness, um, 
yeah, it's very important, not only the use of sex toys, but also uh, topics like menstrual health or all related uh, issues that can appear related to sexuality, uh, also very related to education, sexual education. Mm. I think it's very, very important. So I love that I can slightly contribute to to this normalization. So yeah, it's very nice. In the beginning, uh, people were uh, shocked when I told them, yeah, I'm going to be selling sex toys. <laughs> Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just a company like any other. It doesn't mind if you are selling chairs or you're selling vibrators. Mm -hmm. We work just as a, a normal company, but with a deeper purpose than selling chairs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I can imagine that there, as you mentioned before, are quite a few topics surrounding the, the sexual wellness industry that might be quite challenging to talk about with some people. Yeah. How do you navigate that? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it can be it can be challenging because people uh, get a bit embarrassed. They don't want to mm. share these things. And when we talk about sexual awareness, uh, sometimes people think that uh, we are asking about their sexual lives. Mm. I'm not sharing my sexual life around. I'm not asking you about your sexual life. Mm. I don't care about your sexual <laughs> life. You know, it's more about about you feeling okay with mm. your body. You you exploring your body. You knowing what what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy, how you enjoy it. And if for that you need extra help, like it can be toys or it can be, I don't know, oils or lubricants, or if you have certain, uh, how do you call it, medical medical thingy and you need mm. um, more medical instruments that we also sell, like uh, vaginal dilators or... It's sexual wellness is a very broad topic and yeah. people maybe don't understand that in the beginning and they are just uh, linking it with, uh, yeah, sex, first of all, sex life, then we get it many times that they link it with uh, porn, mm, yeah. prostitution, and it has nothing to do with that. This is just uh, a part of... of of the well-being of a person, the same way you do a skincare, you yeah. have to take care of all the parts of your body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that approach to it. Yeah, it, it really, the way that you describe it um, really conveys that it is something that you're passionate about normalizing as well. Yeah. And how do you actually go about that? Because I can, I can imagine that that can be quite challenging in some cases. Yeah, it is. It is, but. Um, then you see results, like for example, the, the most clear example is my parents, right? <laughs> in, my, in their faces when I told them, yeah, I'm doing the interview for this company, uh, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh, but sex toys, oh, oh. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, now I give them sex toys for their birthdays, for Christmas. Uh, they come uh, to the Netherlands, they visited the company. We have a huge showroom with all the products we sell. Mm. They've been around touching everything. Um, they buy them now themselves. Like, it's a big, it's a big challenge. Uh, oh, it's a challenge, sorry. It's a big difference. And, and they they see it themselves and they are like, oh, you just uh, opened the world for us. And yeah. <laughs> these kind of things. So it can be very challenging in the beginning indeed. But then I think it's uh, once you break it, mm. once you, you break that glass door, you enter there and it's, it's very easy. But yeah. it's difficult to break the first door. Mm, yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. So do you have a feeling that that industry that you work in is different for you to work in as a woman because of the, the stigmas around uh, sexual wellness that, that especially around women exist? Mm, 
Yes and no. Okay. Mm, I feel um, also because, of course, I work in a Dutch company, but I yeah. work mainly in Southern European uh, market. So this has two approaches. Uh, what is inside the company, I, f I don't feel any stigmas or anything around because we just normalize it so much. We are all, as we call, sex workers, but of course we are not <laughs> sex workers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's very, very normal for us to to talk about this, these topics. Mm. But um, when I work uh, in the Southern European market, what I, what I find a lot is that... Um, yeah, most of the people I deal with are uh, are 50, 60 year old men, oh, and uh, that sometimes uh, can be very challenging because first of all, um, they believe they are superior. They treat you in a different way. Mm. Also because I'm way younger than them because mm. I'm a, a woman, and and until they find out, they find out that I know way more than them <laughs> in this topic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's a challenge. They don't take you seriously at the beginning, but uh, yeah, then then they find out that you really know more than them because mm. at the end is this 60 year old men selling products for mainly mainly women. So yeah. they don't understand them. They just care about about the money and that's it. And nowadays it's not about that. You really need to understand the consumer and, and bring to your shops whatever the consumer needs and not the product that gives you better margins because yeah. maybe it's a shit. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's, yeah. Especially because it's about wellness and also body positivity to a certain degree. Yeah, of I course. can imagine that that's very important to also communicate that with people. Yeah. So that's where I find the the biggest challenge in by being a woman, hmm. just uh, in dealing with yeah, yeah, older men usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you feel like your skills that you've learned uh, through your communication education uh, help you in navigating situations like this? Yeah, totally, totally. I think... Um, I'm a very resolutive person and if I see myself in a situation that I, I'm not prepared for or whatever, I usually always have uh, resources to um, turn it around and uh, do something. And of course, that it's not something you are born with. <laughs> so you, you learn it uh, during your studies and then during... Yeah, internships, whatever. So yeah, definitely, definitely, yes. I think as a student, we overcome a lot of challenges when mm -hmm. there are deadlines, when we have, uh, yeah, theses, uh, these kind of things. They really push you to the limit. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, they prepare you to be pushed to the limit in in real life as well. Yeah, exactly. So the the skills um, from the communication background are things that you actually apply every every day then in the job that you do. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. And did you actually expect when you started studying communication to end up in account management? No. How did that happen then? Never. Oh my God, never, never. I didn't even know this role existed, you know. <laughs> oh, really? I know I didn't know, like, of course, because I work in the sales department. Yeah, mm. but... Uh, I didn't know there was this exact position that the main goal was to keep the relationships with the clients. And uh, then when I had the opportunity to do the, the interview for this position, I thought, well, this is something perfect for me because I really see myself doing this. Um, but yeah, I never, I never imagined it. I, I always imagined myself maybe working in a communications uh, agency mm. or doing uh, some marketing or 
just what you think usually when you start studying this, but then uh, there are really a lot of <laughs> possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like actually that you went in a direction that some people might not expect can result from communication studies. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually um, also the situation because I graduated in the pandemic. Oh, yeah. um, I didn't know what it was going to happen. Um, I was doing an internship in the municipality of Groningen, but of course, because of the pandemic, um, I couldn't stay there. So I was like, what do I do now? And then uh, this job opportunity just came on my way a week after I presented my thesis. So, oh, wow. yeah, it was just uh, being in the right place at the right time kind of thingy. And I had the interview and I told to, to my boss, you know, I have zero experience in this, you know. Mm. I have zero experience in sales, in account managing. I have no clue. Because <laughs> like, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. You will learn very fast. Don't worry. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah, <laughs> he was right. That the, the interpersonal communication skills uh, and, and the intercultural skills as well that you gained from the communication background may have been yeah. the reason that they did choose to go with you. Yeah. I think that's why, indeed, why they hired me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Very nice. Yeah. So is it also the, the career path that you want to continue following the account management or would you like to go more into a communication role in the future or mm. kind of curious how? That's a great question. I actually don't know for now, yeah. like in the short future, I'm okay with this. I really mm. like it. I want to keep growing on this. Um, but I think it's not my job forever. Mm. I really would like to, to explore um, something more, uh, I don't know, related with uh, events, for example. Yeah. Also, I'm very curious to, yeah, to develop myself a bit more in education. Um, yeah, maybe related to sexual wellness, actually, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of open possibilities for the future. I'm very young. The future is... Uh, yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's long, <laughs> so I can't do a lot of things. But yeah. for now, I would say for the next, I don't know, five, ten years, uh, I, could, I would like to yeah. develop on this. Yeah, but I also like that you mentioned things like uh, uh, event management and uh, education. Um, as possibilities that can grow from a communication background. Yeah. Um, because I think especially your story is one that illustrates the many possibilities of studying mm -hmm. communication. Yeah, at the end, I think uh, everything is related mm -hmm. and there are no limits. If you want to do something and you feel you can do it, you feel you have the, the skills to do it, and I think... All the, everyone who studies communication has them because mm. if not, we wouldn't be here. I think everything is possible. I mean, at the end, we know how to sell ourselves. <laughs> we just need to put <laughs> ourselves out there. <laughs> yeah. I really like that, though, the, the fact that you also look at the field of communication like this well of endless poss possibilities almost. Yeah, I think it's probably one of the fields with more possibilities because... Um, you can work in communications in literally every field in the world. Mm. Every, uh, I don't know, engineering company needs communications people, internal communications, stakeholder communication. They need communications people. If you work in, in hospitals, for example, they still have marketing communications people. Yeah. Like, you can work anywhere. It's a super broad field. Yeah, and especially the interpersonal communication skills from what I've heard from you and also other uh, podcast guests is something that's valuable in any kind of interaction. Yeah, no, 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 definitely, definitely. And I think, uh, yeah, mainly the, inter the intercultural skills are very personal, oh, very personal, <laughs> very important, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, because nowadays we live in a in a very global and getting even more global world. So yeah. it's a very important to to really know how to how to treat and how to deal with people from uh, not only different nationalities but really different backgrounds and different mindsets. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then to kind of circle back to the industry that you work in, I can imagine, especially in a context like that, that's like very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very important because. Yeah, the industry where I where I work in, mm, yeah, people sometimes don't understand it in the beginning. You really have to make them understand it's just a normal thing. It's just yeah. a good thing. It's just a wellness thing. Yeah. And and yeah, it's not the same to talk to a Dutch person or to talk to a um, Arabic person. It's very yeah. different. It's, yeah, I can imagine that. The, the, I think the Netherlands is a country that's very open to talking about these subjects compared to, for example, Middle Eastern countries or something yeah, like that. Yeah, even comparing to Spain. Oh, really? Even comparing to Spain, yeah. For example, yeah, um, Spain is a very Catholic country, very conservative, ah. and of course the new generations are making it uh, more open-minded, but yeah. still, still, there is a lot of, um, how can I say, like right-wing... Um, mm. uh, thoughts <laughs> coming from the recent dictatorship that we had and this means that people are not really open to such as innovative things according to them which I think it's something that it's always been there right yeah. even if you don't want to talk about it uh, <laughs> yeah so yeah it's very different and then of course we go to the extreme where there are countries where selling sex toys is illegal for example yeah. but uh, we still kind of work with them somehow because you know people yeah. have their needs it doesn't mind if there, if there is a law <laughs> that says you cannot sell this is yeah yeah so it, i think it's very important to understand to who you are talking yeah, yeah. In, in this industry. Navigate. Yeah. Because you can offend people very easily if you don't know, mm. um, yeah, where they come from. Yeah. In all aspects. Yeah, you kind so, of develop these, like, communication antennas almost that yeah, help you sense yeah. how the conversation is going and where to go from there. Yeah, be very, how do you say, like, cautious about it and be very, like little steps in and then see if they feel comfortable yeah. also it's our job to make them feel comfortable about it yeah so yeah in the industry you really yeah need to have this interpersonal and intercultural skills on point <laughs> yeah exactly maybe much more even than in other industries yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally yeah very nice. Um, so we're actually uh, already coming to the end of this. Oh, no. It went very fast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would still like to mention about the subject or about communication or anything like that? Well, now that I'm here, <laughs> no, to everyone who is listening to this podcast, I would just uh, like to say that just don't be ashamed of, of who you are or of your sexuality, of your identity, of your preferences. If uh, you like to lick feet, if you like to <laughs> wear lingerie, if you like to nothing of this and you are just more traditional, it's all fine. It's all good. Just take care of yourself. Do things that make you feel comfortable and empowered. And if there is something that makes you feel uncomfortable, just stop doing it. It's not there. It's not there for you yeah. and just yeah take care of yourself of your body and 
of others. Very important. And always like do that. everything with consent. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. Uh, so I always have the same last question, uh, which I'll also ask you. Uh, what is your favorite country to travel to? Mm. If I could get on a plane tomorrow and just choose anywhere in the world, I think I would go to Colombia. <laughs> Because I've never been there and I've heard wonderful things about the country and it's in my in my top list uh, for a long time. Yeah. So hopefully I'll be able to go there soon. Nice. Sounds yeah. very good. All right. Thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening. The podcast Mastering Communication is brought to you by the Master's Program in International Communication of the Hanse University of Applied Sciences in Groningen. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you in the next one.